Welcome into the CBJ Frontline Podcast. This is our first podcast since the uh, disappointment last season in the playoffs. But we will be back, uh, not sure how often, probably every couple weeks, to discuss the Blue Jackets. They've started 3-1 and one this season and are looking pretty good. We got a few Twitter questions, so we're going to hop right into those and uh, expand from there. Uh, first question comes from Jordan Sampson. He asks, uh, what do you speculate was the issue with Bob's contract? Money, term, both. I think it's both. Uh, I, I don't think it's an issue with Bob or his agent at all. I think it's an issue with do the Blue Jackets want to pay Bob money when they have a young goalie like Jonas Corposalvo doing exactly what Bob's doing. Yeah, I mean, Corpy started 2-0 and this season. He's looked pretty good. Uh, there's, I know people, there's going to be people on Twitter. He gave up four goals last game. Well, three of them were backdoors and one was a deflection. He looked pretty good to me. He made some great saves down the stretch. Not all, four goals. The NHL this season so far has been historic for how many goals have been scored. It's outrageous. Uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I saw a stat the other night that the Maple Leafs have had two seven-goal games, and that's more than six or seven NFL teams that had touchdowns that week. <laughs> wow. And uh, Matthews has seven of those goals in their first four games. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so do you think it's a money term? Or what do you think about Bob's Bob in general? Like, will he be on the team next year? Because I'm – If I'm running the Columbus Blue Jackets, if I'm Yarmo, I'm looking for any trade that helps my team. And if Bob is looking at the end of his deal and thinking, do I really want to re-sign Bob? No, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, like uh, we were talking before the show, we love Bob, everything he's done for this team. But if he's really wanting like $8 million, is it really worth it? When you could spend that elsewhere, maybe trying to throw a little more money at Panarin at a longer deal and get him to stay? Yeah, uh, the, the hard part about Bob and the contract issues is you can't trade a goalie. No, You're not getting an all-star player for a goalie like caliber that the Bob is like he's an all-star goaltender but you don't trade all-star goaltenders for all-star players that's not how it works yeah goalies are pretty expendable I mean like you said um, it's pretty easy to find a goalie and there's no really bad goalies in the NHL next question kind of goes along the same lines another contract question T renegade 17 asks um, which guy should be more valuable to keep in contract Bob or Panarin this is not even close. It's Artemi Panarin. Yeah, bread man for sure. And once again, nothing to do with Bob. It's just how the NHL is flowing. What I mean by that is when you look at, yes, it's four games into the season, but currently the Carolina Hurricanes are leading the Metropolitan Division with Curtis McElhaney playing all of their games. It's not just that example. I could do that with multiple teams. And, like, when you look at the Jets last year, they're a great, great hockey, hockey team. team. They're, they're solid at every position. Goaltenders, not even, like, nobody looks at the Winnipeg Jets and says, oh, wow, they're there because of goalie. That's, no. They're there because they score goals and they defend well. And the Blue Jackets, with their current roster, cannot do that. They are not the Winnipeg Jets. And if Panarin walks or we trade him. We get even worse it's not going to be pretty. No. If Panarin walks, the Blue Jackets, in my mind, instantly become a bottom three team in the Metropolitan Division. 
I would agree with that. Uh, he's so he's so valuable uh, on the power play, just facilitating other players. I mean, through four games, he's got three goals, four assists. He does it all. We cannot afford to lose that or get nothing in return if he really doesn't want to stay. Cam and Dubois are not nearly as productive as they would be without him. Yeah, that top line with Panarin is ridiculous. Next question comes from Charles Anderson. He wants to know uh, what has to happen to fix the second period puke show. Well, Charles, it's uh, it's four games. It's into four the games season. in, but it, he's right. It, it's been atrocious. I mean, they just have to work harder. It's that simple. They got to put sixty minutes together. They've been they've been getting leads in the first period, and then they come out and aren't looking as strong. I'm actually glad that they're coming out strong this year because, as we saw in the playoffs, they were not very good at starting. Starting good last year. Uh, like, the whole Hurricanes game, we looked weak. We did not look like the Columbus Blue Jackets. We weren't ready to be there. It wasn't just the second period in that game. It was the whole game. And, yeah, the three games we've won, second period has not been pretty. But we held on. That's yeah. what's important. It's a grind. Oh, uh, I remember the, the beginning of last season. Like, how many uh, overtime wins did we yeah. get? I mean, we don't usually, like comfortably win it's always down a one goal game either way down to the last couple seconds where we also like to give up those uh goals in the last 10 seconds of periods i know torts doesn't want to hear it but like i don't care if the blue jackets entire season the second period is awful if we win every game it's 60 minute game not 40 i'd rather play the first and third better than the second period to be honest but yeah, we can't come out and get outshot fifteen to nothing to start the second period. Like last, I think it was like twenty-two to five after the period. But at one point it was fifteen nothing. They were out shooting us. Yeah, before we get into like breaking down the first four games, power play, all that, I just want to talk on our Timmy Panarin's contract and the issues of it. I think the Blue Jackets, instead of thinking, oh, we need to do everything to re-sign our Timmy Panarin, what they should do is think, how can we keep him here without the contract? We know we're going to have to pay him. What can we do to entice him to stay without adding more money to it, if you understand what I'm saying? And you and I were talking about this before. This is going to sound crazy, but the Blue Jackets need to trade for another star, and looking at the Blackhawks and how bad they are, what would Yarmo have to do to trade for Patrick Kane? It sounds stupid. Yeah, and like, uh, uh, we're going to get a lot of hate for this probably, but, I mean, this is what podcasts are for. You're supposed to just throw things around. But uh, like you were saying, they're probably going to want in return at least Wierenski or Seth Jones or um, PLD. And the Blue Jackets, you're not no. wanting to give up your own young core, so what was your idea? I, I said that if the Blue Jackets gave... What was it? Liam Foodie, whatever yeah, his name is. Two first round picks and had two first round picks, Foodie, and two young prospect players. I'm not saying that even gets the deal done for Patrick Kane. He's an elite goal scorer, generational talent. But if the Blackhawks really look at the long long run here, as Patrick Kane has what, three years left of his prime? He's almost yeah. thirty years old. And the Blue Jackets trading those three picks doesn't hurt them. Because with Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin, PLD, Seth, and Zach, I really doubt we're going to need those three first-round picks. Yeah, the next five years we'd be set if you have those guys locked Mm -hmm. up. 
So it sounds crazy, and I'm not saying it has to be Patrick Kane, and I'm not saying we have any shot at trading at Patrick Kane. It's it's just something like that. Like, you look at... Maybe Yarmo needs to look at the UFAs coming up and instead of doing something that no other GM has done for the Blue Jackets, which is trade a first-round draft pick for a good player, they need to think about it this year. I mean, did we really use our first-round draft pick wisely last year? No, I mean, Liam Foody was a projected second-round pick. I didn't even... I'm not knocking on the kid. He hasn't played a game, but he also won't play a game for probably three to four years. Yeah, and we were also talking... Can we uh, get into our bad first-round picks? Yeah. We were talking about that. I mean, Gabriel Carlson... At the time, I thought it was a pretty good pick, but he just hasn't looked great. I mean, I'm sure he can develop, but it's. I mean, then we got Nudavara in the same draft in the sixth round, and he's already in the rotation. Yeah. So. Well, it's not that we've been like Yarmo's been relatively good with his first round draft picks. Whoa, I've never heard you say "good" and Yarmo in the yeah. same sentence. Well, obviously you got Zach. PLD was a good pick, which. That pick got knocked on. Blue Jackets were supposed to be all in on Jesse Pyarvi, and I'm glad we weren't. But there's a draft that I remember, and it was, I think, Yarmo's first or second draft. We drafted Winberg, Kirby Reichel, and Marco Dano. And I'm not knocking on Winberg. Like, that that one's fine. But Kirby Reichel, I don't think is... I think he's on his fifth NHL roster. Maybe played ten games in the NHL. And Marco Dano has also been traded quite a few times. Those are two wasted first-round picks. And the top pick of Winberg, I believe, was 14, which the other two were higher, like 27, 30-ish area like that. I think the Blue Jackets are looking at drafting at 20 to 30 the rest of the next three years. So I... So trade it. Yeah, I, I really don't get why we don't think about it i agree um the last thing i wanted to get into was someone uh some impact players that you have or someone that's come out and looked pretty good for me it's uh, anthony duclair not that i'm surprised because yeah. i was really happy um that we picked him up uh he's pretty good on the power play we just put him on the top power play unit last game he's really fast um just looks overall good do you have anyone like that i think marcus nudevaro's played really well i think ryan murray has looked really good. That pairing. Yeah, and the other night I saw a bunch of hate for Ryan Murray on Twitter because the Panthers scored two goals on him. But Murray was the only defenseman, I'm pretty sure, who like had a good plus-minus that game because he was out there for two goals too. I, he's looked really good. That pairing has helped us a lot, which I can see why we got rid of guys, guys like, like Ian Cole. And, you know. Those those two guys, Murray and Nudavara, have like really stepped up and Seth's absent, and hopefully they continue to do that. Uh, like an impact player on offense, I see. Like Josh Anderson hasn't been all over the score sheets, but he's played Hustle. well and playing towards his style. Yeah, he's hustling. He's looking great out there. And uh, yeah, I'd rather have William Carlson, but uh, <laughs> I'm never gonna let that go. But who knows if William Carlson would have been that here. I mean, he was on our fourth line. So. The only reason that I think the Blue Jackets fans should be upset about the William Carlson thing is William Carlson would never score 45 goals for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Never. Because we wouldn't give him the chance. It's not even that. It's just not how we work. I, can you name the last 45 goal score? It's Rick Nash. Like, yeah. That's it. Um, 
the only reason I'm sick over it is because of how the whole Jack Johnson thing worked out last year and how we basically traded a pick for them to take William Carlson. And I know at the beginning of the year, we all obviously didn't know that Jack Johnson didn't like Columbus and all this other nonsense that happened. But I'm sick just because we could have missed all of that and kept William Carlson in the meantime. Yeah, and uh, you brought up Rick Nash. Do you have any thoughts on his career? I I saw that his agent came out and disputed his whole retirement thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw Rick Nash this summer multiple times. Um, he's skinny. He doesn't look like he's like in NHL ready right now. And I think he really should consider retirement because uh, I... It's going to be like a Mike Fisher thing. He's going to have to get back in shape, and he'll just join an NHL roster who wants playoff. Like that, that's what I'm thinking around like the I'm trade not saying deadline. That the Blue Jackets can't even use him because Rick Nash would help this roster right now. He's a goal scorer. Yeah. I don't understand why we don't like think about it, and I know he loves Columbus because I know he's here. Right. Um, he lives here. Yeah. I don't really have any other thoughts on him. I just. I know that the Blue Jackets could use him if he was ready. Playing shape. Yeah, I don't know if he's there yet. Maybe uh, the turn of the new year. Who knows? Uh, I also think he's going to do like a Fisher thing and just join a playoff team. If the Blue Jackets are in it, possibly they can go after him. Uh, If not, I'm just tired of seeing all the headlines. So that'll do it for this edition of the CBJ Frontline Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Tweet us your questions for the next show.